unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Welcome back to Tuesday night. It is the Raw and Unscripted Show with yours truly, Christopher Roush, the place where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. And we are excited to be here celebrating. What episode are we celebrating tonight, Chris? Please tell us. I think we're on episode 223. 223 episodes of the Raw and Unscripted Show. I am so proud to say that. And uh, I just checked the statistics. We are in 20 countries. Thank you very much. The audio podcast. These guys are watching the uh, video podcast right now. But we're in 20 countries. We're in the top 15% of podcasts globally. So thank you so very, very much. I'm not a big numbers person. I'm not a big like, ooh, I got all these numbers and everything. I'm about the impact. And I just appreciate you guys showing up every single week. I appreciate the podcast growing. So I know many of you watch the the video cast and you watch it either live and some of you watch it on replay. So thank you very much for that. Go to podcasts, wherever podcasts are sold. All you got to do is type in raw and unscripted. You'll find us on Spotify, iHeart, of course, iTunes. I'll put the link in there as well. It's in the show notes, but please take us with you. There are 222 other episodes that are all magnificent. I mean, there isn't a shitty episode in this entire series. No, I'm kidding. There's a few that it might be a little bit bumpy, but there are some incredible, incredible conversations. So you can take us with you. And it's not just to listen to this once. It's to listen to this a couple of times and just reaffirm in your brain what it is that we're teaching here because there is a central theme. The central theme of this particular show is resiliency, being able to handle yourself and change your perspectives about your past, present, and your future to see how life can unfold for you. I was just uh, on a coaching call a little bit earlier today, and we were talking about that. And one of the one of the coaching clients in my group coaching program was really having a tough time with shifting his perspective. And I said, what would it feel like for you if you just let all that stuff go? What would it feel like for you if you no longer reacted to situations and you actually responded to situations? What would it feel like for you if you regained that natural curiosity and that sense of adventure and play that you had when you were a kid? He looked at me like, wow, that's really some deep stuff. That's what we talk about here on the show. The guests that come on the show or whether I do a solo podcast is all designed for you to shift your perspective just a little bit every single week. And as you do that, your life will continue to shift. So I encourage you to go back. If you ever want any particular episode suggestions, feel free to send me an email, Christopher at ChristopherRoush.com, or you can send it to info at noexcusescoach.com, whichever is easiest for you. You can hit me up on social media. There are some pretty incredible shows. I know there's one out there with unstoppable Tracy Schmidt, uh, no arms, no legs, a phenomenal, phenomenal story about no excuses. You guys know I'm all about no excuses. So we have some pretty incredible content here. And one of the things that I want to share with you tonight that I'm most proud of that's going on that I'm not embarrassed to plug is this. My life story, It's Just You and Me Kid, is coming out. It will be out this October. So one of the things I want to share with you that I don't do necessarily a great job of doing, so we're actually going to do this right now, is I'm going to show you something real quick like so you guys can get a visual on this you guys can help me make this a bestseller you guys can go out there and you can help me do this by um by doing and going to this website going to it's just you and me kid.com if you go there there's the book cover and it says it's finally happening it's coming this fall my unbelievable life story will be out for purchase when you fill in this little thing, just your first name, your last name, and your email, when you fill that out and you hit this join presale list, that secures your spot to make sure that you get the first notification of when this book comes out. And I know a lot of you have been asking about this book and I appreciate that. It took me three years of painstaking dedication to relive all of the memories that I endured throughout my entire life for me to be the man that I am today. 
And I would love for you to be a part of that journey with me, help me make it a number one bestseller. And so there's all sorts of little bonuses that you're gonna get here. I had to uh, remove quite a bit of stuff. I wrote 182,000 words. That's a really thick book. So we had to like call it down a little bit. So you're gonna get access to the stories that I could, that I had to re remove. You guys are gonna get an opportunity to ask me questions about things in my life. Like whatever happened with this person and how did you feel about this situation? Because I don't know if you're like me, when I read an autobiography, I come up with all these questions like, okay, he just kind of skimmed over his brother. Whatever happened to his brother? Whatever happened to this situation? How would you have done things differently if you were in a normal childhood? Things of that nature. Um, you're going to be entered to win one of five 45-minute coaching sessions with me at no charge. I mean, you just you we're going to put your name in a hat. We're going to be able to do that. You're going to get a sneak peek and snippets of the book before it's published. Right now, my wife is the first person that's reading it. Then it goes off to the editor and the publisher. Um, you're going to get free access to an upcoming masterclass. Everybody who helps me make this a number one bestseller, I'm going to do a private masterclass for you guys, specifically whatever it is, the content you want me to cover. I'm going to teach you that, guys. So not only there's going to be five coaching sessions in there, but also an opportunity to attend a masterclass. And all you have to do is just buy the book when on the day it comes out. A few lucky people are going to read the book ahead of time and create a little buzz for me because it's important for me, not from a vanity standpoint, not from an egoic standpoint, but this book will change lives. I guarantee you there is no reason why I'm not sitting here today that that this story that my experiences will impact millions of lives. And I need your help to do that. I'm not one to ask for favors. I'm not one to ask for much. I'm one to deliver and to constantly serve, but I need your help. That's why it's important. If you just go to it's just you and me kid.com, go over there, fill that out. There's a little synopsis about it. And I'm going to be putting some more stuff in there as well. And something else that I have coming up and because my coach has me doing this, I'm not the greatest salesperson in the world. I will admit this full heartedly. I'm also offering my annual no excuses workshop. If you go to noexcusescoach.com, if you go to the workshop page, you're going to find out I'm doing this workshop. It's a two hour workshop. I'm doing it for 27 bucks that normally charge $97 for it. But I know a lot of you are struggling. I know a lot of people are really hurting right now. I'm a part of a dad's group where constantly people are just struggling to make ends meet. I want to make sure there's skin in the game for you to show up, but I'm going to do two hours of my overall content program about relationships, about goal setting, about mindset, about shifting your beliefs, everything and anything. It's going to be a very cursory overview, but it's going to be super impactful for you. All you have to do is go there. You're going to get all sorts of uh, bonuses. You'll see here what you'll gain. You'll say you'll see who this is for. You'll find the details, and then you can just go ahead and click and add it to your cart. It's going to be on Saturday, September 9th. Um, right now, tentatively at noon, uh, Pacific standard time, 3 PM Eastern standard time. That's the tentative time for us all to collectively get together. And for me to share this content with you, I only do this once a year because it's just a calling that I have. Uh, perhaps I might do it more frequently because my coaches are in or are inspiring me to do that. Plus also come up with some, uh, some uh, study at home study courses and things of that nature. But I just wanted to share that with you because I know that you guys can help me, um, help you and help this world make this place a much, much better place. And that's through that healing. And that's through that intentional action that we take every single day to ask ourselves, who am I becoming? Who am I becoming? Who do I want to become? How do I want to handle situations in the future? And then putting ourselves in that situation to be able to learn and to grow and to shift our beliefs and, and to get out of that victim mindset in order to see ourselves as victorious and see ourselves as abundant versus uh, lack and scarcity, which so many people are doing. 
stop living in fear, ladies and gentlemen. There's yes, there is a lot of stuff going on in the world today, but there's there's two ways we can look at things. We can look at things through the lens of fear, or we can look at things through the lens of love. And I choose the lens of love in every situation. And what we're going to be talking about tonight is specifically how to deal with a lot of the uncertainty that's going on in the world. That may be uncertainty that's going on in your world, uncertainty that's going on in your mind, how to navigate that and how to find that resiliency and how to find that way to shift that perspective, to find and see that it's all happening for your greater good. Because when I look at the way things are happening, I see my entire life and I have challenges too. I'm not immune to challenges, by the way. I see that everything that has happened in my life and everything that is happening in my life is preparing me for what's next. But if we get so mired in all of the thing that, that things that have, have, have happened and the things that we think that are happening to us and not for us, we'll never see that opportunity for that door to open when that opportunity arises because we're going to be like this. Oh my God, things are terrible. Oh my God. And all these opportunities are going to open. Relationships are going to come possible. Job advancements are going to come possible. But you're going to be so mired in the negativity that you're not going to be able to see that in that opportunity. So that's what we encourage you. And that's what we're going to be doing tonight. So uh, one of the things I want to do tonight I want to shift gears here for a second. Normally, I don't take my hat off, but uh, I'm going to do this for my brother. Normally, I don't wear my hat on frontwards. Boy, I look like I'm ready to go hunting. So what does it say, ladies and gentlemen? What does that say? It says tribe plus purpose, tribe plus purpose. I was uh, I was gifted this particular hat when I was on uh, our guest show. He was kind enough to ask me what my address was, and I told him my address, and he was beautiful enough to send me this beautiful hat, and I do wear it. I love it when I'm not wearing my other hat, which is more of kind of like my brand and my signature. But I have the opportunity tonight to introduce to you a former Lieutenant Colonel, Green Beret, Special Forces Operations, who has been and seen so many things that will blow your mind. And we're going to talk about a few of those things tonight where we're going to talk about resiliency. So please help me in welcoming to the Raw and Unscripted show, my beautiful friend, Mr. Otis McGregor. Otis, welcome to the Raw and Unscripted show, brother. How are you doing this evening? Man, I am doing great. And it's great to see you. And it's great to see that hat. Damn, I don't know which one looks better, yours or mine. I'm, I'm just saying, you know. Yeah, I think I, I think we're, we're twinsies. That's it, man. Which, actually, hey, you know we what? Got Where's... Stash. We got the stash thing going, too. I mean. Yeah, we got the stash. Here, let me put my glasses on. There you yeah. go. <laughs> can't even tell us apart anymore. It can't even tell That's us right, apart man. anymore. It's like a mirror image. <laughs> it is. It is. What are you? What, what's going on with you, man? Thank you for being here and sharing your time with us. Uh, we got some people in the house. We got Robert Broker in the house. What's up, Robert? Appreciate you being here. Well, what's interesting? We got Robert Broker twice. So uh, Robert, Robert's, Robert's doing pull, pulling two, two, two duties tonight. So thank you for being here, Robert. Otis, my first question for you, man, is when you think about your life and you have lived a tremendous life and, and thinking about what I said here in the beginning of the show and talking about resiliency and talking about uncertainty, talk to us about one of those moments in your life that really questioned your resolve before you became the man that you are today. Well, let's go back into your childhood. Let's go back into your teen years. Talk to us about one of those particular moments in your life that really tested your resolve. And how did you come out of that situation to be able to be and become the man that you are today? You know, uh, I was talking with somebody about this the other day and what popped into my head was chicken survival weekend, chicken and survival weekend, chicken survival weekend. I was, okay. Boy. That's a new one for me. Chicken but, survival weekend. This is, this is how times have changed. Uh, you'll, you'll see. So as a young boy scout, I think I was probably 14, maybe 15. I think I was 14 at the time. And what they our, our scout troop did this every year. They would drop us off on Friday night with a live chicken, a peach can full of, of kit, uh, no food, just kit. And uh, what did we get? A, a sleeping bag. 
and we had to go from point A, where they dropped us off Friday night, to point B Sunday morning for a pancake breakfast. And we and how old were you? Lot. Say again. And how old were you? Fourteen. Okay. Yeah, I think I was fourteen. I think my partner was thirteen. Uh, I'll have to I'll have to ask Dad how old I was because uh, they're here visiting. Uh, I was so I was either thirteen or fourteen. But just think about that in today's age of dropping a kid off on one in one point in the woods. Got a map, got a compass, and you got to get to this other point by Sunday, and you're all on your own. That was an amazing experience for me. And it, it set me up to where I just love being in the woods by myself. You know, there's a, uh, there's a an event in the, uh, yeah, <laughs> be more than that. that. There you go. That's you. I can see. I feel yeah. like it was like the cover's uh, wrong. There, there's an event in the uh, Special Forces Qualification course that's called Troy Trek that's very similar. Uh, it's a three to four day, you never know how long it's going to be event where they drop you off and and you have to go between points and different points and you never know how many points or how far the points are apart and all these sort of things and all i all i could think about doing that was this chicken survival weekend man and you know it was it was a part for me I, i loved it i just loved that and even now when i uh when i go down to my ranch i do the same thing i it's that that aloneness that quietness it's just, you know, some people are, are afraid to go out and afraid to be alone. And in that moment when I was a kid, I, I think really shaped my path to become who I am today. Just that, that, that weekend was just so significant to have that kind of independence and decision-making at that age to go out and do that. And then, I think that probably led me to join the army and become a green beret too. just thinking mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love what you're talking about that. I mean, it's really about getting outside of our comfort zone and, and having a different lens and seeing that opportunity for us to build that strength and that resiliency, not to break us down, but to find out truly what we're made of. And especially at 14 years old, I mean, I can imagine that only bled into other areas of your life. Talk to us about, you know, some of those experiences where you were able to apply those lessons as you were going through, you know, your military training and whatnot to be able to draw upon that in those moments where I know that originally you, you were signing up for the Air Force. You were like, I'm going to go be a fighter pilot. And your, your dad says, uh, yeah, nope, sorry, son, you got glasses, you're screwed. And you're like, well, screw that. I'm going to go in to get in the Army. Talk to us about because it seems like you've had a history of being able to pivot and be flexible and adaptable in some of those uncertain situations. Talk to us about how we can help people who are watching and listening to this right now start to have that perspective for themselves as we continue on in this conversation. Well, I think first you you don't quit. You know, yeah. it, it, uh, I, I'm huge about moving forward. And here's another here's another Boy Scout lesson for you. You know, another thing that we used to do is we used to do canoes canoeing down the Brazos River, and the Brazos River is, is is really majority of it is, is flat and just has a steady current going down. But the one thing I learned is that if I didn't put my paddle in the water and pull the canoe more than it was going than the current, I couldn't steer the canoe. That water, that current of the water is your life. If you don't put the paddle in the water and start drawing it towards you and pulling it and moving forward in life, you're just going to flow along with wherever life takes you. People do that. That's okay. I don't do that. I don't think you should do that. I think you put your paddle on the water and pull and build that 
build that pressure against life and go forward where you want to go and get in control of your life that way. That that's what I, that's the lesson I learned. And when things happened and things didn't go right, I kept going. When uh, my, my first failure in the army, uh, I was at basic training and I had already been through a freshman year at Texas A&M. So the, the, the hardship of basic training was nothing because freshman year at Texas A&M and the Corps of Cadets is very, very difficult. But I screwed up on my last test at basic training and something as simple as a radio check that I had to say Roger over. And I said something, I think I said Roger out or, or I got him backwards and I got a no go on that. No. And I was, I was how, you know, cause I was already at that point thinking, you know, I'm going in the special ops world. I'm going to be God's, you know, I'm, I'm a badass Rambo and all, I'm thinking all these sort of things. Right. Sure. And I fail this simple, simple test. But you know what the army does for you? They Gives you a second you, chance. That's right. They put you at the end of the line and say, try it again. <clears throat> and I did. And boom, done. I thought about it, learned my lesson, figured it out, learned not to talk too fast uh, and got, got ahead of myself. So I slowed it down, thought about what I should say, thought about the right answer and follow the procedure by the book and got it right. Mm. That was that right there was just another moment of that got kicked, felt like shit. Oh, oh, something that simple. What an idiot. I mean, I was really hard on myself for probably three or four minutes. And then it was like, all right, let's do it again. And you know, what's the worst that happened? I go back to the end of the line again and do it again. <laughs> right. <laughs> By that time you get really good at it, but I love what you're talking about. And that's something that a lot of people struggle with. And I'm glad you brought that up. You only spent a few minutes in there, but talk to us about that negative self-talk that happens. I mean, you've had so many different advers adversarial situations in your, in your life. How did you, how do you get out of your head? How do you stop that negative self-talk? This is, oh, I'm such an idiot. Oh, there I go again. God, I can't get anything right. What can we do? Because I know a lot of people talk to themselves in such ways that they would never talk to their loved ones like that. What's some of the ingredients that you that have you have helped your people and your throughout your leadership, whether it's military or professional, to change that script that they have going on in their brain? Well, you, you gotta you gotta realize you're doing it. And yeah. here's here's one thing that a lot of people don't realize they're doing that is a symptom of that negative thought. That's that self-deprecation. Yeah. There, there, there's a there's there's some funniness in it, right? I I, I always reference back to uh, George Bush, uh, forty, the the more recent George. W, Bush. Yeah, W. Yeah, he was w, making fun w. of himself w. all the time. Yeah, yeah. He, he did that. So you have to wonder, your mind doesn't hear the difference, and it's the same thing. So if I'm saying it out loud, my mind is hearing it out loud, and if I'm saying it out loud, I'm thinking it. I'm placing self-doubt by saying it out loud. That's that's the number one thing I look for in clients and people is in that self-doubt. What are they saying? How are they saying it? And if they're saying self, if they say self-deprecation, like I said, there's some times and places, you know, you and I joking around. Sure. But there's there's some people, and I, I've got a good friend of mine. I worked with him on this uh, a while back because it was like all the time. It was like, dude, you are, you are not that person that you think that you keep talking about, keep self-deprecating your, yourself because it's putting your mind, your ears still hearing the words, 
And guess what? It's going into your mind as a negative thought. And that right there, to me, that is that is number one. Mm-hmm. Look for that. Number two is you got to decide. And you have to decide that life can happen to you. I was listening to your intro and there was two things that popped in my head. Life can happen to you or life can happen for you. Yeah. And then the other piece of that is you find what you look for. And if you are negative, it's your choice, right? Anything right. that happens in, in my world, your world, anything else, I get to decide, one, does it have an effect on me? And if I decide it has an effect on me, then I get to decide, is it a positive or negative effect? You can punch mm-hmm. me in the face and I can say, damn, that was fun, right? <laughs> right? You can give me $100 and say, oh, man, this sucks, right? I choose, I choose what makes me happy. Nothing makes me happy unless I choose it to. Nothing makes me mad unless I choose it to. And understanding that, that life is a choice, mm-hmm. is how you get out of this. You have to de- under, start to understand and develop a skill. Self-awareness and mindfulness is a skill. And it takes practice, continuous practice through meditation, reading, understanding, being coached, having accountability partners, people that will point that out to you. Mm-hmm. Those things... And it's a skill. Those things is how you change. You do those things. You don't, you can snap your fingers and say, yep, I'm going to change. And you know what? You can, but you're not going to do it instantly. You're going to start to make mistakes. You're going to walk that path, make a mistake. The true test comes when you make that mistake, are you going to have the resilience to continue on? Or are you going to go back to where you were? Mm. Mm, I love that. I love that. Otis, man, you got so many people going off. I'm going to grab some of these comments real quick here. we got Serena Buffalino in the house. She is my CEO of the Help Heal Humanity organization, an amazing individual. She says, never give up. And she is one that would never give up. Got my beautiful sister from another Mr. Patty in the house. She says, my father was a rear gunner on the Lancaster back in the day, and he was part of the Boy Scout movement. His resilience was what made me realize my own potentials. Love this teaching. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. And of course, she's saying yes, yes, yes. Um, Yeah, Robert Broker's in the house. He goes, wow, Lancaster. That is so cool. Absolutely. We're talking about resilience. Yes, yes, yes. I got Lynn Serrano in the house. Thank you very much. She says she's shared this. I appreciate you sharing that. We got uh, Serena saying, love this. Robert says, uh, I gave voice to the thought of having a summit in Stockholm for excessive context syndrome. That's something new. Absolutely. We got Eric in the house. Thank you, Eric, for joining us, brother. He says, good evening, gents. God bless you all. Yes, sir. The power of choice, baby. You know it. You know it. And Serena says here, discipline is the key. Mistakes are knowledge. Let's do this. 100%. So one of the things you were talking about, Otis, and, uh, and I love what you were saying, when I think about, you know, people and their negative self-talk, something that I learned over the course of COVID and the pandemic, I gave out a bunch of coaching sessions. And mm-hmm. during those coach, coaching sessions, I started hearing this little whisper in my, in my ear that was out, that said to ask this question. And in my brain, I was thinking, that's a stupid question. But the question was, I'm going to ask you this question. You're going to answer yes or no. And you don't want to think about it too much. And the question is, do you love yourself? Yes or no? And I thought, as I said it to these people, I'm like, that is such a stupid question, right? And I found out, honestly, out of about 200 coaching sessions that I that I gifted to people, 75% of the people struggled with loving themselves. It was very conditional. Well, I love this part of myself, but I don't like that part of myself. And we would talk about, we would dig into the weeds of that, and we would find out that there was a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, a lot of embarrassment, a lot of fear, a lot of fear of judgment. In your particular experience in both leading in professional environments and in, Cubs, in throughout your life, 
what can we do to help people be able to process and realize that that shame and that guilt is only just a part of their story, that it doesn't need to be a reoccurring cycle in their story. And that therefore can change the script that they're using on themselves. Yeah. I like to think of it this way. Your past can be your schoolhouse or your prison. Yep. And I can't remember who said that. Uh, but that, that if you think about the lessons I've learned, the things I've screwed up have made me who I am and I'm happy with who I am today. The, the, the struggles, you know, I, I talk about uh, some choices I made in the military. You know, there, there's an organization that I decided uh, based on some information I'd gotten from, a, from one guy uh, and his experience that I decided not to do what we call take the walk to join that organization. And in retrospect, I kind of wish I, I, I don't kind of, I wish I would have taken that walk Yeah, because, because that was one, that's, that's part of me. You know, I, I walked on to Texas A&M football team as, as a 195 slow. I think I ran a four nine forty once going downhill with the wind trying to play <laughs> you know, trying to play football at Texas A&M as a linebacker. Wow. You know, and, and yeah, it was all order. I, I had reached the pinnacle of my, my, my football career as a senior in high school, but I continued to play one more year, my freshman year in college. And that's when I retired from the game. But my point of that is I gave it a shot. I don't doubt anything that one, that one decision I made when I was a captain to decide now, based on based on this one point of information, and I still love that guy. Uh, I don't I don't doubt it, his his opinion at all. But that was his one opinion of an organization that he had a bad time with, and I used that one opinion to not take the walk. And I have a lot of friends who did and had some great experiences. And if I could go back and do it again, would I do that? No, because then I wouldn't be who I am today. Exactly. So I don't. You know, I guess I do wish I would have taken the walk to see what it was like to test myself because I, I also looked at it as a test. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you were talking about uh, doing some research on me, my TEDx and talking about that. Who's grading my test? Mm -hmm. You know, that that I looked at that as a test and it was a test I decided not to take. Uh, in, in, in retrospect, yeah, I would have liked to have seen would I would I have done it because it's a pretty tough test. Uh, mm -hmm. very tough test but yeah you know i, think I, can't, I can't look back on that and, and go woe is me oh this sucks i wish i would have I, I i wish i should you know i should have done this uh, tony robbins i think says don't should all over yourself mm -hmm. you know and i and i i don't i don't I, I because i look at the decisions i made in my life and the decisions i've made in my life have got me to this point right now and i'm pretty damn happy at this point right now you're living a great life, man. He just on the cigar right now. Patricia says, Otis, do you, what do you wish to accomplish now? Is there an unfulfilled moment? That's a great question, Pat. Patricia. Ooh. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you my purpose, my purpose in life is to create a legacy of leaders. And I believe great. And this is why this is my purpose, because I believe great leaders create great organizations. When we have great organizations in our communities, we're going to have better communities. When we have better communities around the world, we're going to have a better world. That's my purpose, to create a legacy of great leaders. And that's why your hat says try plus purpose, right? Yes, sir. It is. Mm -hmm. It is. You got to know what your purpose is and you got to build a tribe around it. 
And when you have that tribe around it, man, there's no stopping you. There's success, man, for everybody in that tribe. That's a true tribe. Amen. That's what Lynn says. She goes, amen, Otis, amen. Yeah, we got Patricia saying purpose and legacy are amazing, but how do you make that happen? Mm, hard work. I mean, well, I guess it also depends on the question. How do you find your purpose? Find your purpose through your passions. I'll give you, I'll give you the real, the, the, the synopsis of an exercise I do with my clients. When I have clients, they're like, I, I just don't know what I want to do. Otis. Here it is. You're going to take five passions. Understand what a passion is. A passion is something that you do while you're doing it. You lose track of time and you can't wait to do it again. It's just mm -hmm. like, ooh, man, that was fun. Let me go out and do that again. Let me go out and do that again. Like this show. I'm, yeah, like this show. Like you and I right now, I'm fired up. Man, fired up. Yeah, I am fired. That's why That's why I was standing desk because I get excited. <laughs> uh, but you take the, you take at least five passions, probably, probably not more than seven because it gets a little complicated. But sure. you're going to take each passion put it on top of a page of paper and you're going to write three and get my fingers working, right? Three. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's what <laughs> or, I do. Three. Or it's okay, but you're going to take that passion and what are the, your definition of it in three main components. Love it. For each of those passions. Now we're going to take each passion and we're going to create a table with each of those components. You're going to write the passion the top of the column, and then the components underneath it. And you can do that for each of the five. And then I want you to look and see where the trend line is. That thing that ties your passions together will help guide you towards your purpose. That's, mm. that's real quick and down and dirty of how, if you have, like, I, I just don't know, but I, I know I want to understand and get more clarity in my purpose. Do that exercise see what comes out on the right hand side and start to play with that start to massage that start to use that as a guide and start to walk towards it because when you start to walk towards it you're going to get clarity you know in the military in the army in particular we have troop leading procedures old school stuff old school troop leading procedures and the troop leading procedures go like this receive the mission so i'm being told what to do issue the warning order which means Hey guys, we're going to do this thing. Number three, begin movement. And you know why we begin movement? Because we want to get closer to the objective. So we have a clear picture of the objective before we start finishing our plan. We have mm -hmm. a basic plan. We're going to go that way. We're going to go take this hill, begin moving. And while we're moving, we're collecting information. We're moving towards the objective and getting a clearer picture of the objective as we move towards it. That's what you need to do with life. It's the same thing goes right back to putting that paddle in the water. Right. When you're in the canoe. Put that paddle in the water and start pulling. You got to move forward. Yes, I love that. And I have a, I have a different variation on that. For me, <clears throat> back in 2008, I was sitting there, I was at this funeral, and I was doing really good in life. I was very successful on paper. I had, my, I had some challenges mentally a little bit going on. But I went to a funeral and I was sitting there and I was, I was looking for an answer. I was looking for some sort of sign to help me gain better clarity and better focus in my life. And so I went to this funeral for uh, one of my coworkers who unfortunately passed away from cancer. I knew of her, but I didn't really know her. But I just went there out of the goodness of my heart because she was a beautiful person. And as I was sitting in the back of the church, something occurred to me to think. And I was like, 
wow, I was watching everybody going up there. And my buddy Dave Riley goes up there and starts blubbering about this, what a beautiful woman this was and what all the different things that she did outside of work and how she made everybody's lives better. And I thought to myself, I'm like, wow, when I die, I want to be remembered like that. And so I asked myself the question, notice I went, if I died tomorrow, who would show up and what would they say? And immediately I had the answer. 10 or 15 people would show up. They would bring cases of Miller Genuine Draft and bottles of Jack Daniels and Motley Crue and Bon Jovi records. And they would talk about all the stupid shit Chris did. Remember that time he did that? Remember that time he passed out? Remember that time he drove a sand rail without his lights on? Remember that time he had dated this girl? Remember that time he had two girls show up at his house at the same time? Remember that? Oh, yeah. The postscript would be, oh, yeah, he was a former seventh grade homeless dropout who wrote a book and changed the world and became you know, uh, known for making peace around the world, whatever it might be. And so that bothered me. And I thought, what can I do now in order to have that ability to see that perspective now? How, how can I sit there and, and change that writing? And so as I was driving home, it was still bugging me. So I went home and I wrote my eulogy. And so most people don't want to think with the end in mind. And I sat there and I wrote this beautiful eulogy out. I went and got a glass of water and I came back and I read it out loud to myself as though I were at a church or, or a memorial service. And halfway down the, the, the paper, I started crying. I started having tears running down my face. And I was like, wow, to live this life, to create this impact is such a beautiful experience. And from that day forward, I had a roadmap of what to do. I started working backwards. I started thinking with the end in mind and working backwards and saying, okay, what can I do today to fulfill that purpose and fulfill that legacy? And where people get caught up, and I find this, and this is what I want to, the next question I want to ask you is, we get so caught up on everything being perfect. Oh, this has got to be perfect. And when this is right, and when that's right, then I will do that. And I'm, I'm famous for talking about people who play the someday game. Talk to us about taking that imperfect action every single time in order to learn and grow as we go through that experience, because that's what's going to shape us ultimately to become that person that we are today, the person that you and I are today. Talk to us about that process, because I know there's a famous quote, and I always butcher it, General Norman, somebody that talks about a perfectly uh, a poorly executed plan today is better than a perfectly executed plan later on or something like that. But talk to us about that imperfect action and how we can get over that desire to have everything be perfect. It's, it's overcoming the fear of failure. Yes. And because if you wait for perfect, you will be waiting forever because perfect does not exist. We talk about perfect. We set perfect out as a goal, but you can never truly achieve perfect. But you can sure as heck move towards it and take mm -hmm. steps towards it, take steps towards becoming perfect. And that's overcoming the fear of failure. Because when you don't have perfect, which we can never be, when you don't have perfect, that means there's always there that, that probability, whatever right. it is, whether it's a little bit or a lot of failure. And, you know, I, I came from a world where failure meant dudes died. And because of that, I've, I've never liked the term. I've never liked the, the, the startup fail fast, fail forward, fail often. Never mm -hmm. liked it. But it's but the truth to it is, and the way that I handle it personally, is I look at it as, uh, I'm going to throw back to some old army stuff too, is calling for fire. So when we would call for fire, and what that means is is we're, we're calling to have artillery dropped on the bad guys. Big yeah. one by five rounds, right? Well, back in the day, didn't have all this laser target stuff. So it was kind of, Kentucky windage, right? You, you kind of <laughs> held your finger up there and you kind of got it in the box. And what we would, what we do is we radio back to the, you know, the cannon cockers and we say, Hey, uh, drop 400. And that would mean they, they'd adjust the wheels and they'd drop 400 yards from where they were just aiming. 
and they'd fire again. And I go, all right, add 200, fire for effect. And all I'm doing is I'm walking them in to the target. And right. that's the way I look at failure. I'm, I've missed the target. What do I need to do to hit the target next time? I shoot. I'm a hunter. I'm a rifleman. I love shooting. And when I miss, what do I need to do to adjust myself onto the target so I hit it? It's not a, I don't fail. And for those of you who are out there that are all about this, got to fail, got to fail. Well, yeah, you do. But you know what? You got to hit the target. And if I'm shooting for a target and I miss it, then I'm going to adjust. I'm either going to adjust my scope. I'm going to adjust for windage. I'm going to adjust for distance and change my elevation. All those things. It's about adjusting. It's about taking an action. Talk about rifle and, you know, shooting with a rifle. Squeeze the trigger. See where the round hits the paper. See where the round hits the target. Or if you missed it completely, whatever, where the dry, dirt strike. All right, what do I need to do? Okay, well, there was a wind blowing from the right and you missed to the left. Okay, well, then I've got to adjust because of the wind. Oh, I made the range. So I, now I need, to, I need to raise it up a little bit, add six inches on where I'm going and see if I hit it that time. These are all doing the same thing. I missed the target. I want to hit the target. How do I hit the target next time? I learn from the action I took because I took the action, not because I sat there and said, I don't know if I can hit that target. I don't know. I'm not sure. So, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to squeeze the trigger. That ladies and gentlemen, right there is worth the, worth, worth the price of admission in that, man. I mean, that's so perfect because you're course correcting. You're just sitting there saying, how can I adjust a little bit? How can I pivot just a little bit? But so many people remain stuck. And what happens is they get build up this pressure. They build up this, oh my God, what if, what if I'm judged? We talked about the fear of failure before that. You've been in some very, very stressful situations. And I know people right now are in a lot of stressful situations. Before I ask you this next question, I think uh, I think I saw I think I saw Patricia had another question up here. Thank you, Patricia, for your questions. She says, how do you help your brothers, Otis? Those who have suffered in the military are working with them to change their lives. PTSD, some of them don't know how to be as positive as you. It's a great point, Patricia. Thank you for that. Uh, well, myself in particular, my, what I do, I do two things to give back to my veteran tribe. One of them is I, I coach uh, the men and women who are taking the uniform off and stepping into civilian life. I help them get a plan, understand what they need to do to be successful and create their own adventure, their next adventure in life out of uniform. That's number one. Number two, when I find somebody and I get introduced to somebody who has some PTS problems, is dealing with issues, I, I make sure I connect them with the resources and I've got several of them and I make sure they're getting help. I am not the guy to do that because that is not my skill set. My skill set is helping people know, understand what their purpose is and going forward in life in that way. The guys that are dealing with PTS have to get that right. And that's part of their, that's part of their change in life and part of their development and part of developing the skills and how to handle that and getting themselves back on the path so that they can pursue their purpose. But thank you. Thank you, Patricia. That's an awesome question. Uh, you know, a, a lot of my brothers uh, have, have various forms of it. You know, I, I was having coffee with a friend of mine this morning uh, who had almost lost his arm and we were, we were talking about the decisions and, and, and how things faith 
came in and different doctors at the right time and one's getting pulled out and that's why he still has an arm by the way and not a not a mechanical device and, and but we were talking about the scars that it left and the guys that are dealing with things and and the processes and the tools and I'm going to take a little sidebar on you here Chris but no, the processes and the tools that are out there so many of these things are great a great weekend event a great one week event but there's nothing to carry on. Yes. And that's what concerns me with the, with the whole uh, magic mushroom stuff. The guys that are going for PTS and getting treatments down in Mexico and getting that taken care of. They're getting cured through a pill, if you will, a figurative pill, of course. But what's the long term? What is the long term on that? Where's the follow up? And that's, that's one of the things that I, I, I'm, I'm a poke my finger in the chest sort of guy with a lot of people. And I'm starting to do it with a lot of nonprofits because I love what they're doing. And they're doing it with passion, but are they truly doing it to solve the problem? Yes. The long term. Or, or are they doing it to feel good about themselves? They're like, Chris and I just did this retreat and man, we had 15 guys. That was, that was freaking great, man. On Sunday night, they all went home. They're feeling good about themselves. What are they doing Monday morning? Chris, yep. what are you and I doing for them Monday morning? Right. That's, that's what I'm talking about is that's the care, the long-term care that has to happen for everybody. I mean, we can talk about my brothers in arms, but I mean, truthfully, all of us need that long-term care to, to do the change. It's not a, it's not a, Hey, Chris, uh, Hey, you want to pursue your purpose? Do those five things right there. Okay, you got it. Good luck, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel good about myself right now because mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm a great coach. I just showed you how to find your purpose. Yeah, wow. that's that's one of the big problems that I have with the Tony Robbins events and stuff like that is you go woohoo, you got high octane, and then all of a sudden, like you said, I was thinking like Wednesday. All of a sudden, Wednesday, you're like, well, everything's still the same. I mean, now now that now the hype is worn off, and that's how they get you to go back into those programs and spend more and more money. So there's got to be that there's got to be that 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 center of people in your life. And that's what I think about, you know, for my success and my, my professional success, my mental health success. I've got some people here who are dear friends and mentors of mine. And I think about the circle of people that we have in our life. Talk to us about that importance. Talk to us about that both professionally and personally, that the, the key, one of the key ingredients of our success and our happiness and our fulfillment is by the people that we surround ourselves with the most. Talk to us about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, my, my rock, my, my go-to, my partner, all those sort of metaphors, Miss Suzanne, 36 years of marriage. And that woman, that woman has put up with more shit than anybody ever. <laughs> he loves Suzanne. Yes, I can Ms. imagine. Suzanne is an amazing woman. And you know what? What she had to deal with when I was in the service was was pretty was not pretty rough. It was rough. Uh raising the three kids while I was gone most of the time. But what she's had to deal with since I've retired from the service in my craziness in the <laughs> probably worse, right? Uh, Go back. It, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I think it might be easier if I was deployed. <laughs> but <laughs> but that that's that for me is a piece of it. But another piece of it is my brothers. You know, I've got a couple of brothers that uh, you know that I've known since the day I I joined the 10th Special Forces group as a Green Beret captain. Wow. I'm still very close friends with them. one of them. We go hunting every year. We're hunting buddies. And, and that, that kind, that kind of connectivity 
is extremely important. And what that is, that's your tribe. You've got to have a tribe. The other, I, I teach this to all my veterans when they're getting out. It's like, don't, because I made that mistake. I, when I first got out, I said, thank you very much, Army. Boom, great experience. Don't I'm need done. that stuff anymore. I'm out. <laughs> How long did that last? Uh, probably, I probably made it about a year. Oh, wow. Probably that's really impressive. What a dumbass thing to do. And then I started slowly, all my foundational skills started to bubble up again. I mean, I, I was I was teaching a a, uh, a master's level course on planning and program development for Fairleigh Dickinson University, and I was using nothing but the Army planning tools to teach this course to a bunch of people who never heard of any of the military stuff I was doing. But I just translated, and when I did that, I realized, holy shit! Everything that I need to be successful, every skill set I needed to be successful, I learned in the Army. I learned in those times from leadership to planning, to execution, to follow up, to caring for people, all those things to be how to, how to still, you know, deal with my family as going back, you know, coming, going away and coming back, going away and coming back and how to deal all those things. I learned while I was in the army and all I had to do was learn how to translate that to the new environment and culture I was stepping into. That's, that was key and when i realized that even now i'll catch myself drifting away from my, my my fellows of the regiment and what i mean by the regiment is all my other brothers in the green berets and then my brothers in the other special ops community like my seals and my marine raiders sure i started to drift every so often i'll start to drift away and like dude they're all getting together thursday night next thursday night we're all getting together at a, at a brewery down in town and it's you got to go there to drink. You got to go there for the brotherhood. Mm -hmm. That's the tribe. That's the tribe that we all need. You have to have a tribe. Your family is one thing. Your family is great. And that's important. But the tribe is where you get the power because, and, and here's why I, I believe a tribe is so different because you can get kicked out of the tribe. You can be asked to leave that tribe. If you're not a fit or a contributing member, or you're doing something that's against the value of values of that tribe. Hey man, Chris, dude, love you, but you, you're, you're, you're drifting away. You, you got to get your shit together. We'll help you. If you want to get your shit together, we we are, you are part of the tribe. We'll bring you in. We'll help you. Otherwise there's the door brother. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They call it tough love for a reason. And I love that. I mean, when you sit there and think about when I look at my life and the different changes and the different segments of my life, I had to take a strong look at the five people I was around the most. Stephen Covey talks about that. And I had to sit there and think, are these people like really promoting me to go out and step outside my comfort zone? Are they really wanting me to be Chris, the no excuses coach? Or are they telling me to be a suit and tie speaker and blend in like everybody else? We have to take this question because Patricia has asked it twice. She says, I know this is totally random off the wall, but what is Otis's favorite book and song? <laughs> That's probably one of the most random questions we've had on the show. So Patricia, thank you for that. Yes. But, uh, what is your, what is your uh, favorite book and your favorite song, my friend? Uh, Marcus Aurelius meditations is my favorite book. That's uh, it's phenomenal that, that, that was written 25, 2,500 years ago. I need to read that. I don't think I've ever read that. I, th I think that's the second time I've heard that this week, actually. Dude, uh, 99 cents for a little thin paperback copy. Get you one. I'll send it to you. 
because uh, it's it's worth it. it's phenomenal the philosophical points and how it is applies to today and in the future. Uh, it's just the dude the dude had a way of looking at life so much differently. Uh, and uh, let's see, my my favorite song. I mean, the cop out, the cop out that. Uh, my brothers from the regiment, I, I should be saying, is the Ballad of the Green Berets. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's. Uh, I'm gonna say Garth Brooks, Friends in Low no, Places. No, it's uh, it's 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 Tyler Childers. Uh, I don't want to go to heaven if dogs aren't allowed. If if dogs can't come in, because I want to take my hunting oh. dog to heaven. Uh, that's not the name of it. I'm trying to think of the name of it. But that's that that song, man. I get a little tear in my eye every time because I'm thinking about, you know, if 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 I can't take my hunting dogs with me, if there's not hunting dogs in heaven, well, then I don't want to go. Mm-hmm. No, I believe in Rainbow Bridge, and I know I'm going to be attacked when I get there. Patricia yeah. says, I like you. And if Patricia <laughs> likes you, that is good stuff. That is That's good fun. stuff. Thank got you. my friend Noodles in the house. What's up, Noodles? He says, great book. I've known Noodles for a number of years. Thank you, brother, for being here with us. Uh, man, I could talk to you forever. I swear to God. The last question I have for you before we're going to end out tonight is talking about you know, handling pressure in uncertain times. And if you turn on the news today, which you and I have talked about, we really don't do that. I choose to live my life and and see beautiful people all over the place and and do my best to make this world a beautiful place. How can we help people handle pressure and handle uncertainty uh, in their everyday lives and be able to repurpose some of that stuff to find strength and resiliency through those times as we've been talking about so eloquently tonight? Yeah, well, you know, first thing is turn that stuff off. Because it's it's feeding to your caveman survival brain, you know that the caveman survival brain is saying, "Hey, Chris, you just came back from that hunting trip. What, did you see that saber toothed tiger? Was 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 he out there? What what rock was he behind? Because I, I I don't want to get eaten by that saber toothed tiger. Right. That's what the news is feeding on is our survival feature. All right. Mm-hmm. That's why it's all doom and gloom. We got you know that's why also why we slow down at car accidents. Like, ooh, shit, damn. All right. Damn, what was the uh, what was the second part of that one? That question I just drew a blank. Handling under pressure. Ah, uncertainty under pressure. All right, here's my here's my truthful and yet smart ass answer. Uh-huh. I'm Stop, ready. Face out. Take a knee. Drink water and change your socks. Now, <laughs> I did not expect that. Here, here's what that means. When things are getting out of control, when you feel like you've lost control. And it's like, oh my God, I'm being overwhelmed. Stop. Pause. Take a moment. Breathe. Get some water. Seriously, drink some water because that's amazing what that does to you physically and mentally. Yes, sir. Always. Drink, drink some water. And then look at it again. What's really happening? Is it really that bad? And if it is and, and you still feel that, then take another breath, take another break. Go for a walk, do something physical, break the cycle. And when you can, once you break the cycle through physical activity, I'm a huge believer in that. I got a six minute walk that I do. And it's like, bang, why can't I do that more? But I do that and I come back and I reattack and readdress the problem and say, okay, what's the most important thing here? Is that something I need to worry about? No. Is that? Mm -hmm. No. Is that? No. Is that? Yes. Okay. Let me take care of that. Yep. That's it. Mm-hmm. 
It's you got to stop though, because if you allow it, it will spiral. It will spiral into crisis mm -hmm. and you will be out of control. And when you're out of control, your mind goes to, to flight, uh, to fight flight or fright. Yeah. Fight or flight. Fight or fight or fright. Yeah. Fight yeah. Those two <laughs> F words, you know, the other two F words. The other two. But, <laughs> but you know what, what's, what's going on is when that happens, when you're in crisis mode, your mind goes to survival mode. True. And survival mode says, this is, I only see one thing and one solution and I just need to get the fuck out. That's it. I, I gotta, I gotta run away because it's, it's just going to all crush me. But when I stop, I pause, I take a breath and I reset and my aperture opens back up and I see options. I have better solutions to include when you take that walk. Like I said, my mine's a six minute one. Yeah. Whatever works for you. 10 minutes, six minutes. Doesn't need to be a long walk, but it can be. What's going on is your subconscious is chewing on all those things. Right. I'm doing the physical activity. I've walked away from the environment that's causing the pressure. And I've stepped outside. I'm getting fresh air. I'm walking. I'm getting blood flowing through my system. You can stop and just do jumping jacks in your office or push-ups, whatever. Sure. Do something physical. Change your, subconscious, your subconscious is still working. It's working <clears throat> to solve that problem for you. And that's, that's how you start to address all this feeling of crisis management, all this feeling of being overwhelmed because it's a feeling that you're choosing. Just like I said earlier, I can, nothing makes me mad unless I decide it makes me mad. Nothing makes me feel overwhelmed unless I decide yes. I am overwhelmed. Victor Frankel, Man's Search for Meaning was one of the greatest books I read for that particular re reason. Cause he's like, you could do to me whatever you want, but you cannot make me feel anything I do not allow. Yes. And actually, I just got the opportunity a couple of weekends ago to go to visit an amazing Holocaust exhibit that was just mind blowing. That's a whole other sort. That's a whole other oh. show. But man, Otis, this has been a tremendous, tremendous conversation, man. I can't thank you enough from the bottom of my heart for the wisdom and the and the pouring and the and the love and the and the sarcasm and the fun that we've had here. Where can people get a hold of you? I know that we've got a couple of websites up here. Where can people get a hold of you to continue the conversation and build a relationship with you? Yeah. Th thanks for having me here, Chris. This has been awesome. I knew I was going to have a blast. Oh, yeah. uh, I knew it was going to be fun. This, this is so awesome. Uh, yeah. Tribedeshpurpose.com is our homepage and there's a button on there. You can get started, hit that get started button. Uh, I'll share this with you. Sign up for my Monday moments newsletter. It's kicks off each week with a stoic quote and then a lesson I learned. There's some other tidbits, but I don't like to expand on that. I'll leave that as part of the surprise, but it's what I learned this week to help you kick off your week to have a better week and have more success in your week going forward. So it's called Monday Moments. You click that get started button under tribe-purpose.com. Love it. Love it. And also I got, one, I got one other thing to say. So folks, Chris mentioned the Cam and Otis show. That was episode 248. You want to hear some of Chris's story? Check that show out. We had a blast, and 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 uh, that was when you were you were still polishing the book. I think yeah. you hadn't quite haven't quite got to where it was handed off to your wife, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah, so, that, that's yeah. yeah. I just handed it off a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. So that was a great show, man. And I, I appreciate again. I thank you for uh, spending your time with us too. 
No, no, no. Anytime, anytime. And also we can find you at findyourpurpose.coach. Go there, check that out as well. We got that up on the screen. So again, findyourpurpose.coach and we got uh, tribe-purpose.com. We got LinkedIn, connect with them over there on LinkedIn. Otis McGregor, you guys can check them out there. Brother, I'm going to put you backstage. Don't go anywhere because I still want to have a little chat with you, but thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Thanks, brother. Had a fun, great time, great time, man. Thank you. You are welcome. Holy shit sticks, guys. You have been amazing. We got uh, Noodle said, big love, Roush. Hugs to be and Otis, thanks, brother. Uh, Serena's like five stars, definitely. Uh, Patricia says, you are awesome. Eric, uh, we got Angel in the house. What's up? Good, good talk. Otis and Christopher, thank you for being here. Appreciate you. Serena says, great show, you too. Eric's in the house says, phenomenal, gents. Good stuff. God's blessings to all. Let's talk about this. We talked about, I mean, if you missed, if you came into the show a little bit behind, go back and watch the beginning of this from ounce for ounce, hour for hour, minute by minute. This has been one of the most tremendous conversations I've had. And I opened the show by talking about, we are on show number 223, I believe. Uh, yeah, 223. And I've had a lot of incredible guests on here. The value that Otis shared from his personal experiences, both as a Green Beret, as a Lieutenant Colonel in his professional experiences, training people, leading people, leading kids, being a parent, being a husband, all of the value tonight, you can apply. This is not, not to belittle anything, but this is not rocket science. This is about taking the fact that what he said, talking about your passions and writing that stuff out, really thinking about those opportunities to disconnect yourself from the momentary situation of feeling that stress and being stressful. Change your I am statement. Scott, Scott Goyet's in here. We're, and on my other show, the, the, the Unfiltered Experience, we've been talking about this whole season of who am I? And I sit there and I find, oh, I'm tired. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. No, I am peace. I am love. I am strength. Don't sit there and identify yourself by the situations that you're in and then further exacerbate that by the self-talk that you use. You continue to go around that wheel, that merry-go-round. Guess what? You're going to find yourself dizzy and disoriented and frustrated and discombobulated. And then you're going to play the someday game waiting for somebody to come help you. Otis and I have shared tonight practical strategies that you guys can apply in your life to be able to change ever so slightly every single day. Take that imperfect action. He talked about that. He's telling his gunners, okay, at 400 yards this way, 200 yards this way, keep going and taking that imperfect action because guys, you're going to get there. I would not be sitting here today with this book completely done in my wife's hands had I not taken imperfect action on those days where I did not want to write, what I didn't, what I did not want to go back and revisit those feelings and those emotions and those fucked up situations that I endured. I did not want to do that. But when I changed my perspective to realize that the opportunity for me to share that with you and to see you guys grow and to see this world grow and change, that's what gave me the drive and the strength. You have to know what your drive and your strength is. And one of the most important things that he talked about is tribe and purpose. I don't know where my hat went. Where the hell did my hat go? Oh, there it is. You know, he's by, I started off the show. There it is. Here, we'll do it again. We'll just, we'll end the show with the hat. See, tribe plus purpose. I know, I realize I look a lot different with the hat on frontwards, but thank you guys for being here. Please share the show out. As always, make sure you guys go to itsjustyouandmekid.com. Itsjustyouandmekid.com. Get on the priority pre-sale list. Help me make it a number one bestseller. Let me know what I can do to support you. We are booking into January 2024. I think February now. We have amazing guests lined up. My friend Patricia is going to be co-hosting with me in December. we got some incredible guests in December that are going to be here. Put it on your calendar. Be here every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Join us on the audio podcast, wherever podcasts are sold. Go to iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, wherever you get them. Type in Ron Unscripted or type in Christopher Roush. You'll see my other show, The Unfiltered Experience, as well. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing. I love you guys from the bottom of my heart. 
let's make this world a better place for everybody. Let's please do that. Let's not focus on the news. Let's not focus on the divisiveness. Let's focus on love and helping our brothers and sisters out in our own neighborhoods. Whatever I can do to help you, you guys know I will be there in a heartbeat. So go be beautiful. I will catch up you up in the comments. I love you guys. We're all unscripted. See you next week.